Before they were Nikki's crocuses, they were simply the crocuses that come up first in the spring. The rambling century-and-a-half-old Victorian brick house that she and her husband are restoring has generations of life, love, joy, and despair within its walls. Most of the landscaping planted decades ago when the house, now called the Keyway Terrace, was young are gone, but the crocuses remain. I remember well the day the last giant tree of Aubin Street surrendered to a summer Midwestern thunderstorm. It graced the southeast corner of the Keyway Terrace house's lot long before the cobblestone streets were laid, long before the house was built, likely long before the first Europeans came to the southwestern edge of Illinois, on the limestone bluffs overlooking the Mississippi River floodplain that would become East St. Louis. The four-foot diameter oak fell to the forces of nature, blocking the street for hours until city crews could cut it up and haul it away. Because the first block of Aubin Street sits on the highest point in Belleville, lightning strikes and summer storm winds prey on the trees as they age into towering maturity. With their slower growth, the oaks last longer than the maples, but they all fall victim to age and weather. The maples, more quickly hitting 50 or 60 foot height, draw the ire of the storm gods who hurl their lightning bolts and their wind gusts to split their soft wood into submission. Something there is in those maples that draws nature's ire. They're invaders, really. It's the oaks that belong here. The maples, like so many other things, were brought here, intentionally or not, by the European settlers. Even though their seeds are a nuisance and the trunks too often split, I must admit I love the color of their flaming fall leaves. Although the mighty oak and the less-than-mighty maples have fallen, and will not spring back to life. There are other landscape additions brought by the Europeans that bring delight as the February and March sun lingers longer. Somehow, each February, the delicate-looking crocuses brighten our mornings with their promise of coming spring. For the nearly 40 years we've lived on Aubin Street, a small grouping of crocuses huddled in the 90-degree angle of south and east-facing brick walls of the Keyway Terrace has brought the good news of coming spring. Sheltered from the cruel west winds, warmed by the red brick walls retaining the sun's beams, the green shoots pierce the leaf litter of winter's debris. We failed to notice the crocus's blooms that first spring on Aubin Street. Faced with the imminent birth of younger son Alex, we were too occupied with readying the house for his arrival to pay attention to spring's harbinger. It was the second spring they became an annual marker in our lives. The first several years of our marriage, before moving to Aubin Street, Annette and I traveled near the end of winter to break the long winter's stretch. We enjoyed the sun of the Cayman Islands, the beaches of the Bahamas, not realizing the reason that we took winter vacations in sunny southern climes. I proposed that we take a February trip to cross-country ski in Vermont. I'd fallen in love with cross-country skiing the previous winter while undergoing Army National Guard winter combat operations training in Minnesota. Annette brought a pair of cross-country skis into the marriage. She'd learned to cross-country ski years earlier in Michigan while she was living in Chicago. So it seemed only natural that we bundle our skis up into L.L. Bean bags to schlep them onto the TWA flight.
to Burlington, Vermont. As for 11-month-old Alex, he would stay behind with his babysitter taking care of him during the day and his grandmother, Mimi, spending the nights in her house. After loading the car for the drive over the Mississippi River to St. Louis's International Airport, Annette spotted the crocuses waving to her from the Keyway Terrace yard. We walked over to inspect the seemingly fragile blossoms. In spite of their delicate appearance, the crocuses had to be incredibly hardy. The keyhole house, as we called it then, for its arched brick entryway that resembles nothing so much as an old door locks keyhole, had been divided into eight or ten apartments decades before. Neither the tenants nor the landlord showed any interest in caring for the crocuses. They received no fertilizer, no watering, no raking of winter's detritus. Yet somehow they pushed through the earth to greet the sun. Halfway to the airport, Annette began crying at the thought of leaving infant Alex for a week, a half a continent away. I stopped, pulled over to turn around. But through her tears, she agreed to continue with the trip. Long before mobile phones and video conferences, she would have to content herself with the occasional long-distance phone call to assure herself that baby Alex was okay. As we landed at the tiny Burlington, Vermont airport, the stewardess announced we should bundle up as the windshield with Canadian winds hurtling down brought the windshield to 20 below zero. Annette's glance at me, clearly not happy. We picked up our luggage and staggered into the wind to find our rental car amidst the piles of plowed snow. An hour later, arriving at our winter playground lodge, we were greeted by snowdrifts nearing the second-story window. The time to thermostat in our room turned the heat off after 20 minutes, just long enough to change from clothes to nightwear and dive under the comforters. The next morning, a bright sun, cloudless skies, and six degrees greeted us. Annette greeted the wool-clad breakfast waitress with, It's a shame we won't be able to go skiing since it's so cold today. With a quizzical look, the young woman replied, The temperature's perfect for skiing. If it were any warmer, the snow would melt to your skis and ice them up. Chastened by that news, we watched out the frost-edged windows as a senior citizens group gracefully glided across the glistening snow. As we returned to our chilly room to change into long underwear and parkas, Annette said, I left Alex and crocuses for 20 below and six feet of snow? We've not been back to Vermont since. But each spring, as we inspect the neighbor's crocuses, Annette reminds me of leaving Aubin Street crocuses and Alex for 20 below and snowdrifts to the eaves. Next door neighbor Nikki grooms the crocuses now. They're no longer neglected, and they may be her crocuses, but they'll always be our first glimpse of spring. This is Reflections from the River, Bell Enyart. You can email me at bill at bellenyart.com. That's B-I-L-L at B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T dot com. Thanks for listening.